Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've we, never touched any of those. All, no. I've never been to Pacific Mall once to pick up the, <laughs> no. the extended version of Lord of the Rings 1, 2, 3, and 4, 5, 6. Which, to be fair, it. to be fair, you should actually be giving that the people who worked on that trilogy your money, but I, I'm sure you have and afterwards. That's, that's fair. I, <laughs> I have given it. You, The one thing I refuse, and it's funny because we're talking on a Raptors podcast, the one thing I refuse to purchase is uh both streaming services for sportsnet and tsn i don't give a rat's ass yeah so what i'm doing is i definitely have one of those boxes which gives Mm -hmm. me all the channels like espn one two three tsn run through five and yeah don't get me wrong streaming isn't the best and sometimes it like i need to change or i have to restart the whole program but hell to the no am i going to purchase both tsn and sports because they can't co-mingle and give us a whole season on one channel additionally that's, that's they flat out uh like if you try to get one of those uh, other packages where it's like the nba complete package it's like here's everything but what comes to you locally and it's like isn't that kind of the yes. point like Yes, it's so like your basic doesn't, doesn't NBA have its own streaming service? Like, yeah. uh, what is it called? League NBA Pass? League, Pass. Yeah, League Pass, and you can't get you can get uh all the all the teams except for the Raptors because of Canadian broadcasting rights. So the only way to watch it on League Pass is if you watch every single away game. But that's uh, from what I know. That's how it works everywhere. It's not even like strictly a Canadian thing. So it's like let's say you're in um, I don't know. Let's say you're in California and uh, you know, you're, you follow a team with a great European big, a fantastic ISO player and their color, the Jersey color is purple, but psych, it's not the 2010 Lakers. It's the 2023 Kings, the best team in California right now. (laughs) Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. um, who would have thought, uh, and you want to watch them, uh, guess what? You're going to run into the same issue. And I think it's really ridiculous that, that's the way that it goes. Why can't it be get this league pass, do one or the other or a complete half tiers. I don't understand. Like I get it's I all a rights thing and it's nonsense, it. but you know, like you have more options yeah. because the only people getting league pass are those who 
who have the time and the wherewithal to watch every single game and have an interest in every single team or the league as a whole. And that's like, not everybody's got the time or the energy for that. So it's just such a faulty system. I am intrigued about how American television works, though, because for for Canadian television, you go any any. Actually, I don't. I I guess I don't know. But if you like, let's say you go to Edmonton or something, like, are they playing Raptors games? I don't. I don't really know. I'm not quite sure. But then, when you go to the to the state, it's like yes, you're gonna have whomever, if the state does have the team, um, a NBA team. Uh, but at the same time, do they have? teams across uh basketball playing because they have espn i'm assuming but most of the time when you're watching here you're watching like there's tsn one through five and then sportsnet one uh, like sportsman ontario and it's all it's mostly either hockey baseball and then maybe a channel dedicated to the raptors so it's very I'm very in- intrigued, and I'm also also frustrated. I'm not going. I like how this kind of turned into like <laughs> we hate watching basketball. Uh, no, but we I love digress. watching basketball, but we hate how we. Yeah, have to I watch hate. It. I hate how we have to. <laughs> correct, correct. Let me get. I hate how we have to watch basketball. It like try to go through leaps and bounds in order to watch Kyle Lowry come home and watch the Raptors play against the Heat. Uh, well. Welcome to a That's Red podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Guys, uh, I'm going to be a dad in a couple of weeks. Not even in, a, in like a couple of days. Like it's, a couple hours, man. We got to rush through shit. this podcast. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not, you're not kidding. I know we were talking about it a lot, but like the due date is isn't a week less than wow. a week from today so like you said jay i mean frig it could be any it could be any time literally it could be any damn well, best time. of luck and, with the delivery and yeah. everything i hope hope they're a very healthy baby i'm not going to give my prediction as to what what gender it is but i already jay knows what i think I, jay knows what i think jay no you know what the problem is jay already knows because i i i you slipped you slipped, I slipped. Yo. Uh, i did well, I, I, won't, I won't ruin it. I won't ruin it. Yeah, no worries. Do you I, want? Okay. Do you want to know, Dre, or or do you want to wait? I kind of want to wait to see if I was right. Okay. You waited this long, man. Yeah, you, you waited, waited this long. long. You're literally like six days. I, I mean, I mean, look at look at who you're talking to. I've waited years for films. I'm I'm good. I can wait. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's true. I'm good with it. You've been watching it. You've been watching the trailers for 39 weeks. Oh, so okay. we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited. I'm terrified. And I'm glad I can talk to you guys about it because, hey man, you're part of you're part of my family as as much as you're going to be part of uh, the baby's family. So I can't wait. Um, but before we do that, before we talk more about about my, my, my me soon become a father, uh, Kyle Lowry just came back from uh, to play the Raptors as a Miami Heat. Uh, it wasn't the biggest then. It wasn't like a large ovation, but I just thought it was, it, it's always nice to see Kyle Lowry back. And I think Fred kind of says it uh, the best. He's like all of us. He watches uh, Heat games as much as he can, but he doesn't really like the Heat. He's a Kyle Lowry fan. I mean, I <laughs> but like Kyle Lowry. Game, so it's not everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I guess. But, and, and Kyle Lowry he basically said, he's like, I watch every Raptors game as much as possible because they're his brothers. You know, Fred's like what he said, 
uh, they're my guys. Freddie's literally like my little brother. I'm just happy to be a part of their success in their career. I just want to be a big brother. I mean, okay. Uh, where do we even begin with, with Kyle Lowry, man? Like, I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. But when he does, I feel like the first thing he has to do is sign a one-day contract with the Raptors in oh, order to retire. That's for sure. That's definitely going to happen. I don't think that's the yeah. question. It's, I it's just also either, don't see that happening anytime soon. Like he's yeah, he's I don't got, so he's got miles <laughs> left. Yeah, and he's and he's really good too. Like I I know that the Heat were down like Talahira Bamba to bio, uh, and but like there was a couple of times where where basically we poked a bear, right? And how many times were we were we watching other teams be destroyed by a poke in the bear Kyle Lowry, and now we're on the receiving end. We're like, damn. Are, are we really going to poke the bear and watch Kyle Lowry beat us again? Like that was, that was interesting, man. Well, well, I mean, like stick with that poking the bear theme. Who on the Raptors do you think has taken over that mantle? Has anyone taken it? Like if you think about almost every single significant Raptor has been criticized in some way, shape or form in the media, who has kind of taken that mantle of like, all right, you pissed him off. Mm. maybe not even offline it's yeah <laughs> it could be like yeah i'm that's a that's that's not a bad answer right like, that's not a bad answer actually yeah. who, who is it's it not. like and and you know with with kyle lowry it, it usually happened on the court right he he goes he tries to draw a foul he doesn't get it next time down he's getting that charge call you know it's happening mm-hmm. um and and the, and the pull up three is coming you know that's happening too so who is that for the raptors right now I, you know I personally, I think it's, I think it's Fred. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, don't I also know. Like, maybe it is Nick Nurse. From this game, from the Miami game in particular, right. I'm going to say Thad. Uh, mm. I'm going to say Thad because he's a vet, and he was going against a rookie, and the first couple of fouls were soft ass fouls uh, on Thad, and once that happened, it was like, all right, all right, let's do this. And he basically cooked Joe Joe Jovich Joe yeah Jovich yeah he cooked him absolutely destroyed him and it wasn't like anything flashy Thad just like whenever he's in the paint what he's gonna he knows how to maneuver around get the offensive rebounds and put back uh like the kind of like a teardrop slash a push shot he he's like he's not Thaddeus Young man he's like Thaddeus old man strength that's what he yeah. is. He has that yeah. old man touch, old man strength, just the, the the veteran savviness, you know. So I think for in that particular game, I want to say Thaddeus Young. What about in, in general? In general, yeah. In general, it has to be Fred. It's gotta yeah. be Fred. It's gotta be Fred. But he, you're not gonna see it though. Like you're not gonna, he's not gonna be outwardly poked the bear, you know. He's. He's probably going to be pissed off for a second, probably going to yell at the refs, and then he's going to drop three threes on you. <laughs> that's what that's what Fred's basically going to do, right? For me? Yeah, and, then, and that's what I've seen. I don't know about you, Dre. What, what are your thoughts? Do you, is there someone else here that, that we're missing? Um, I mean, it's not the, the archetypical poking the bear that, you know, we're to, you know, that we see a lot in in the sport where it's like somebody gets really angry and then you can see it on their face and it's suddenly they're putting up numbers for me it's somebody who's a little bit more quiet and i feel like the bear has been poked for a couple of years and 
this individual is doing their damnedest to like basically shut everybody up. And I feel like uh, they also have a bit of a chip on their shoulder because um, the championship run was something that they weren't really a part of. But I feel like they want to go through that again. And even the year afterwards, lest we forget his fantastic buzzer beater in 0.5 seconds against the Celtics. I'm going with OG. I feel like he's like a very OG. quiet version of this where mm. he takes a lot of, he, he won't show it, but he takes a lot of what people say and how things yeah. go to heart. And he does it silently. I guarantee he's doing it silently. He pretends that he doesn't care, but he fully cares and he knows how to channel it. Yeah. I think yeah, I see I that too. Yeah, that's a great answer. He's he's definitely stepped up this year, and it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you're right. We've been waiting for this year after year to the point where, I mean, you, you think about how he's performing now. There, he's been quite unlucky with injuries in his past, mm-hmm. but he was coming mm-hmm. into the season fully healthy. We know what he's capable of. Really, the only thing holding him back in the years past was just really staying healthy. So why wasn't he on more, you know, all defense? Uh, conversations before the season, right? And he's proving it now. This is what yep. you're going to get from OG Ananobi when he is healthy. So, yeah, I love that answer too because he's he's definitely proven it. And you know, knock on wood, he continues to be healthy. You know, we're we're about to go into an Atlanta game where he's one of only a handful of Raptors who are healthy. But mm-hmm. you know he's, that you can count on with him. a major OG shift has to starter like Trey Young. So maybe the bear will be poked. Oh, yeah. OG has is one of the only uh, players that have started every game, right? For the Raptors this season. I think. I believe so. 15 games. Uh, but that in in that point, we are going to go like we're the Raptors are going through a crazy amount of injuries right now. Yes, we got Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet back last game. Uh, he still doesn't look a hundred percent. You could kind of tell. Um but he came back, but then at the same front, we lost uh, Benton for with like an ankle injury. So I believe Jay, you have like the injury report <laughs> for for this Saturday. I don't Basically, know what, what's, what's easier to list, like the number yeah, of people who's who playing, the number who are playing, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Seven. Okay, we're gonna count the two ways here. Um, seven of the seventeen are out, so that leaves us with ten. Ooh. What is the? Uh, number of players that you need to for before you disqualify i don't know i can't believe we're having this conversation we're close like this is this was a, a this was supposed to be only a during a covid breakout yes. type of scenario right this is actually injuries right so yeah um yeah i think the minimum is seven seven or eight i can't remember we should i should yeah. know this we, we went through this for the past two years but but see this is I another thing i don't i so because we have so many injuries last year when we had the COVID outbreak, we got players like we did like a 10 day, 10 day and G league and 10 day. So regardless, I feel like we would still find players to play. Right. But you said with the, with the two ways or the G league players, are they not eligible to come play for the, to absolutely. Absolutely. And and Jeff Doughton is going to be one of the 10 who can play and probably will play. Um, The other, the two-way Ron Harper Jr. will not be playing. He's he's one of those that's also um, injured. So it's I'm sorry, not injured. He's with the G League right now. So mm. yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a thin a thin bunch. I mean, the at, at guards there is Fred, there's Malachi and Jeff Doughton. 
the wings are are not bad, right? We got OG, Scotty, and Thad. And then coming off the bench, you've got uh, Hernan Gomez, who's been playing actually pretty good lately. Yeah. Um, Justin Champagne is not listed as on the injury report, but he also <laughs> has been dealing with. Sorry, with I thought you were going to say issues. he's not playing well because you were like, I don't know, Gomez is playing well. And this guy's not. He's not. <laughs> well, then again, Champagne isn't playing. He hasn't been playing because he has been injured. So but, I, I would even count him as like someone who's either injured or like break in case of emergency, throw him into the lineup because I, I at the very least, be, not 100%. Um, and then that finally, that just rough. leaves two bigs, right? That just leaves you with Coloco and Birch. So this is very much shades of the Tampa season with Aye. this very lack, very much lack of depth, right? Yeah. So if we go through the actual injury report, you got a chew with a right ankle sprain. Boucher now with the non-COVID illness. Banton with the left ankle sprain. Uh, Porter Jr. with the uh, Otto Porter Jr. with the left foot toe dislocation. Siakam still with the right abductor strain. And Trent Jr. also with the non-COVID illness. I think there is something go outside of like actual hurting of the foot or the abductor or the ankle. This whole flu season, uh, it's getting cold out there, guys. Something's going in the around the locker room, uh, and I believe, like, even if you listen to Nick Nurse during post and pre games, like, you can kind of tell from his like gravel voice that something's something's going around, man. I I hope it's not one. I'm glad it's not COVID, but two, I just hope that these guys like get better soon. You know, like Fred, Fred, def, honestly, like if, with, if it wasn't for Fred, the last game, we wouldn't have won, but I feel like Fred still needs like a week mm-hmm. to get over that cold, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you bring up Fred because Fred was the first one to show up on the injury report with non COVID illness. So uh, I would almost assume that he was the one who spread it. To yeah. the others, like, dude, yeah. mask up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, though, man. Like, it's not over. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I got, I got my flu shot. I got my latest booster, but at the same time, it's like you got to mask up. You know, like I, I know it's annoying, but it's, it's, it's getting cold out there, and people, I still don't see people masking up. But I, I don't want to go through this whole tangent again. But like, <laughs> I, I, as, as reported, there is way too much non. Raptor players available today <laughs> or for Saturday. And even those that are available, right? We've already touched upon Fred and maybe he's still coming back from, from that illness, but someone else in the starting lineup is, is not playing at a hundred percent. At least it doesn't seem like it. Uh, Jason, you want yeah. to introduce the next section? Uh, so do we have so I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to ask you guys because Scotty, wow. um, I know he, you know, it, again, it, it's his sophomore year. And I think the expectation after winning rookie of the year of, of being basically, uh, we were, I guess we watched this guy. We like at, at first we, we didn't even think that we were going to get Scotty Barnes, right? Everyone was like, Oh my God, we, 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 we sh- we shouldn't have drafted him or anything like that. But now, after being spoiled by that from last season's uh, fantastic year from Scotty Barnes, now we're watching a young kid who is still learning the ropes, who is who uh, is unbelievable in his in his talents. But it's not like he is uh, fantastic at all perspectives of the game yet, right? He doesn't have a 
good great jumper he has a good jumper he doesn't finish at the whim fantastically he's okay at finishing right he doesn't have a great handle he has a good hand like Mm -hmm. he has all these little things that he's slowly uh getting better at but i think it's just because we were so spoiled from last season that now we're watching him grow and it's like "Mm, how come he hasn't taken that jump yet so the what i guess i'm trying to get to is what are your thoughts is scotty going through a slump right now is he hitting like a sophomore wall or is this just like a normal transition for a 21 year old kid making into the nba what do you guys think um i mean my problem with sports and this sort of stuff are the constantly moving parameters so you know i'm used to like being obsessed with music and film where it's like a release is a release it's not going to change unless you're um actually i don't even really want to bring up this guy's name anymore because of uh, the crap that he's uh he's been spewing in 2022 but a certain producer rapper uh who's known for uh. altering his projects after the fact uh typically you release something and it is like it is a constant it doesn't change it is exactly how it is unless you get like director's cuts and stuff with with sports they're constantly shifting parameters and what i mean is last year scotty burns was touted the rookie of the year had he not been or had he not been on that chart at all i don't think he'd be getting as much scrutiny so last year Mm. he was being pitted up against the other he was he was being pitted against the other rookies and be compared with the other rookies. And yeah, he looked like a clear favorite. Now, and I find this happens with so many rookies of the year, and I'm not going down this path, but I feel like this is especially part of the reason why Ben Simmons is getting so much slander in general. Part of it. One of the 15 reasons, but part of it, um, is because when you win rookie of the year, suddenly people wonder, what's the next step? All-star, MIP, MVP. And you have these goggles on instead Mm. of, here's a guy who's still like the same caliber and the same kind of position as like a Kate Cunningham and Jalen Suggs and all these other people he was being compared with. Plus the rookies that are kind of coming up now, whether they're a little bit more experienced from like another league or if they're fresh out of school. Um, When what happens with this type of perspective is these winners or candidates, if they're part of like the nominees, start instantly getting compared with all-stars and you know some of the some of the bigs furthermore particularly right now and i don't mean to sound like kevin Durant in any way because <laughs> it's not like this at all but who's going to be doing well when the majority of your facilitators um massive playmakers clutch players are sick or injured and it's really tough mm. because he's going from a guy who was a rookie kind of being tended to by a fantastic coaching outfit great players on a on a stack team a stack not like superstar caliber but like you know we have depth you know and you know going from that to well most people are injured it's you and og and again not to sound like kevin Durant, but you're gonna have to carry a lot of players who don't get a lot of a lot of play time they're on the bench often and we're trying to make this work we're going up against teams that are doing a lot better in the health department and i don't think that's really mm-hmm. fair to do to the guy because, uh, you know, first off, in general, I feel like people are, people love to say like, oh, this team is this, this team is that. But it's not the same team as last year. People are crapping on the Warriors. Guess what? They're not the same team as last year. You know, you toss in a few months, uh, a ton of change throughout the um, throughout the rest of the league. You're not going to get the same results. This is in the history books. It's done. And I feel like it's the same thing with this sort of stuff where we're being too hard on him. He got this accolade. Fantastic. 
Now let him continue to grow. Siakam got the same right. sort of shit when he was when he was called like the Scotty Pippen to Kawhi's MJ. And it was like, oh, where's this guy? And it's like, he's here. You waited a little bit. Guess what? He's here. Give him a right. chance. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And Jay, before uh, you, you give us your take on this as well, looking at uh, Scotty's averages in comparison from last season, it's really not that dissimilar. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I see that is maybe down would be his rebounding offensively and def defensively. But guess what? We have a better uh, big now. We do have a better big, and also I think Nurse is trying to make him more of a ball handler slash playmaker. Yeah. So that's why his assists are up from yeah. from three point five to four point nine. So again, I I agree. I agree with you, Dre, a hundred percent. I think that it's just him learning a different skills uh, and growing his game, and it's going to take him some time. So Jay, what about your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I agree with you both here, right? I mean, there's there are. There's there are signs of the sophomore slump that are starting to creep in, but also yeah I agree it's because his what's being asked of him has changed right we the the way he's performing is in context of how what's being asked of the team and there has been a huge shift in how the team is performing this year mainly around Fred Van Vliet now if we compare Fred Van Vliet's usage last year to this year he has the largest drop in usage. From last yeah. year to this year, oh, because you tell, it's being distributed to Pascal Siakam and Scotty mm -hmm. Barnes, and while Scotty's usage hasn't gone up a whole lot, it has gone up a bit, and that takes some learning, right? That the ability to now be the creator and taking the ball up the court versus let's just throw it down to him in the post and have him figure it out. You know what's being asked him does is take a bit of a learning curve, right? And we've seen this with every single Raptor who's eventually played a big part on the team we've seen fred and pascal and og all of them have gone through their struggles while trying to figure out their new role or the, the new role that's being asked of them from from nick nurse so again i'm not worried i know that this team is going to do well once he does find it and he already showed last year what he is capable of in such a short amount of time so yeah i i think that this is something that we'll work through um you know obviously he's being forced to he's going to be asked to do a lot more especially now that the team is so short-handed but you just gotta, mm -hmm. just gotta ride this wave, man. You'll yeah. Be fine. A couple of things I also wanted to point out is that one, when you have a, a top five player in Siakam, uh, you don't really have to carry the team as much as if what they're asking of Scotty to do right now. But because you know you don't have Siakam, you don't have as much as Fred. Gary is out. You're going to have to take the load, and most of the time, people are going to look at the negatives more so of the positives and also um again like i was saying in the beginning i just think that if you look at the uh, other uh players in his rookie class right um if you look at jalen you look at mobley Cade, all of them kind of have specific roles you know in 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 terms of size he's going to be the point guard uh shooting guard in terms of mobley he's going to be the center uh, outside of jared allen and those guys have their own roles to do scotty is good at everything and 
the Raptors know this. So they're going to give him time to figure out where to, how to distribute the basketball as a point guard, how to be a shooting guard with his three-point attempts going way up, how to finish around the rim and drive at the same time being there for the offensive and defensive rebounds. He is good at everything, guys. So just let him build the confidence and be good at everything to be the other Siakam, to be the Pippin to the Jordan that we have right now. Give him some time. That's all I'm trying to say. Give him some time. Also, I would when when like I, I know that we're trying to take the glass half full approach here with Scotty, but one area that is actually very concerning of mine, and I I don't I don't think this is a sophomore slump, but this is a real thing that he needs to fix, and that is on defense. It it's the his defense at the point of attack. Mm. Um, whenever he is guarding, I when he's on an island guarding someone, anyone really almost everyone is able to blow past him. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know what it is, whether it's getting better with his feet movement or, uh, sorry, his lateral movement or just staying in front of his man or or not going like chest to chest past the three-point line, right? Like yeah. there is a way in which you can play defense much better and much smarter, um, but he is basically a matador out there. And and everyone's just driving past him. So that's one area I would like to see some improvement. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a coach here, but yeah, that, that's one area that, that teams are picking up on and, and and definitely taking advantage of. But I think that's also on the coaching standpoint. Like, let's say Scotty is on uh, a point guard or someone who is known to drive and, and draw contact. Um, in that case, either switch off him with a smaller guard or just don't play in full court i mean it's i I, again i think scotty is is definitely one of those players that is going to pick you up full court no matter who you are but yeah i i think that also comes with some sort of coaching and some more planning towards like if you see a mismatch if you see scotty is there not lateral enough then you i think we have to switch up our 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 defensive scheme right like is it do you think it's just on scotty it's it's quite glaring i mean uh... I could poke holes in, in, in Gary Trent's defense as well, but like uh, there there is a, a larger focus on on Scotty. He does he does he does carry a larger load. I mean, with Gary, he can almost yeah. get away with it because he's hunting for steals and, and things of that nature. With Scotty, it's just it's it's one on one defense. He's, he's got he's got a problem there, right? So uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is here, but it, it's obvious that like teams are starting to hunt that, and they're they're looking for screens to get him on an island so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what you do i mean nick nurse is, is a defensive genius right so that means okay well we're not switching we were doubling the man so that um so that scotty's not left alone then you're left in a situation where the other team has like a four on three advantage but the raptors mm-hmm. are used to scrambling and switching so i don't know yeah. maybe that's what it is but it, it's not a long-term solution he's gotta he's gotta work on his lateral movement you know what the answer is though healthy bodies mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's what it is you know yeah. our, our 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 uh our team doctors are are being are being paid double right now okay before we take a break there's only two games uh, uh this week you got one that is tomorrow on the 19th against the hawks at atlanta and then they fly back home uh against the brooklyn nets on wednesday guys you have any predictions when it comes to the hawks and the nets You want me to go first? Uh, well, I don't know if anyone's going to like this. I, I'm going to say two losses. So I'm going to say 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Ooh, chili. Yeah, the, the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks are the Hawks, and we're we're hurting a little bit. Additionally, um, the Nets are looking not nearly as atrocious with uh, with a new coach in place. So, and and we're still hurting. If if it, if we weren't so short staffed, I feel like it would be quite different. Ouch! Ouch! Two losses for Dre. Jay, what about you, man? Yeah, I also have two losses. Um, so Ouch. The, the the hurting part is is just to get a little bit more specific with that. It's specifically this is where the absence of Pascal Siakam is really gonna jump out to you. And yes, I get mm-hmm. it. Like everyone will point to the fact that the Raptors only have ten healthy bodies, but Pascal Siakam absolutely picked apart the Hawks mm-hmm. when yeah. they were at Scotiabank Arena a couple weeks ago. And he had his way with them, and he was the focal point of why the Raptors won by 40-plus points. So his ability to penetrate the defense and just pick them apart is going to be missed. You don't have that right now. And, you know, as much as we just tried to talk up Scotty Barnes, he's not there. And and the mm-hmm. emergence of OG Ananobi, neither of them are what Pascal gives you. So um, I think that's what's going to come back to bite the, the Raptors, especially since it's on the road where the Raptors do perform um, not as good as at, at home right now, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving this a, a fairly easy Atlanta win. I, I'd love to be proved wrong. And then against the Nets, uh, Kyrie's back, so yeah, not a good that's, that's something. <laughs> yeah, he will be. Oh, really? I thought He's it back. was. Wait, when is the game? The game Wednesday. is next Wednesday. Oh, okay, yeah. So he's going to be back, back by yeah. Sunday. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I forgot today was Friday. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <he> is back. <laughs> yeah. So he will be back for that game. And um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know actually. Brooklyn's. Uh, you know, a lot of it depends on who is back. And like the Raptors are really benefiting from having a ton of days off. So. Mm-hmm. The, I imagine the Hawks game will be more of an, uh, an aberration in terms of how many folks are missing. So I imagine at least two or three of the names on the injury list are going to be back for that game against the Nets. Right. So um, I don't know. If, I, I'm, I'm switching a bit here. I, I might I might actually say a win, but let's just give it. I'll stick with, with Dre on this. I'll say it's the Nets. Uh, the Nets will come out victorious. I'm not going to say which one, but I'm going to say what's going to split one on one. I think last time the Hawks, we were got we we got them at like the fifth game of a, a five game road trip or yeah. something like that. They were, they were dead ass tired. Yeah. yeah, so that's why we we beat them handedly. So they're probably out for revenge. And the Nets, if I if I remember correctly, uh, I think Siakam is going to be reevaluated on the twentieth, which is going to be this Sunday. Mm. So I don't that doesn't again that doesn't mean that he's going to be back, but how he was looking on the bench, he looked fine. <laughs> you know, like he was going up and down, he was cheering for uh for his teammates when he were they were facing the heat. So I'm not I know I'm not gonna kind of poke holes in any of the injuries. I just think that he's gonna be reevaluated. So if he is reevaluated on Sunday and it looks like he still needs a little bit more time, if the Raptors don't play until the Wednesday. So it gives us a little bit more time. We'll see how you know, uh, Trent is doing, uh, Fred is doing, Boucher is doing, you know, like we might have a little bit more players back, like you said, Jay. So I don't know which one, but I think we're going to go one and one. So with that being said, let's take a little bit of a break. We'll come back and we'll talk you know, a little bit more Brooklyn Nets. All right. Talk to you guys soon.
Yes, so uh, alcohol is no longer allowed at the Qatar World Cup, but what what you just heard in that lovely promotion is. So be sure to snag it up, whether it's a service and or product, because you're not going to be drunk, so you might as well have something while you're there. If you it's booster juice. Ah, th there you go. So. If you put a shot of booster, or if you put a shot of tequila in booster juice, would it be better? Well, like. I used to, I mean, I don't drink anymore because I've got sleep issues and I was never like a, like a drunk sort of guy. I think I've only ever actually been drunk maybe like five times in my life. But Thanks. when I used to, uh, and I, I also hate clubbing, by the way, not to sound like a stick in the mud, but when I used to go to the club occasionally because everybody else would, Jaeger bombs were my thing. So, I don't know. Oh, I'd like Jaeger bombs too. <laughs> oh. I like so, Jaeger bombs. Yeah, the whole thing with the energy plus the alcohol i don't know what it is it just screws you right up so um, yeah makes you, you makes you really fit for the los angeles lakers you know to be a part of that <laughs> well that welcome back to that's red podcast a podcast by ratchets fan for ratchets fan the beginning of this episode we talked about injuries god dang Pascal, you could just just take my legs. Actually, no, keep your legs because my legs are. Jason, uh, you're going to be a dad soon. soon. Come on, <laughs> right? Come on. Damn, fine. I mean, I, if I can switch legs with Ziag, then nah, I'll don't do that. Do that. Uh, not, not for the sake of your child. Your child's coming. They're almost here. Before we go back to basketball, we got to talk some footy. We got to talk some football. Well, not football, but football. We got to talk about some Team Canada, man. So I'm not a soccer guy. Uh, Dre, are you a soccer guy? My dad used to coach like the uh, like a like a girls team in the Ontario League. So, um, oh, but yeah, so like when I was like a a young kid up until I was like maybe twelve. So like maybe let's say like eight until twelve. I don't actually remember the years. Um, I I used to play on my dad's house league team, but like I I don't know, it was. I, I, I had fun, but at the same time, I don't think it was ever like my thing. And I don't like act, I don't watch soccer or football now. But my family is like a huge right. Manchester United household, so I do see it. Oh, often. for real? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like, Jay, I myself Jay, what don't about watch you, man? Okay, dope. I run a I run a World Cup pool every time. So you so don't watch no it either. Way. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, you're exactly. you don't you don't care for it at all. Pretty much, right? <laughs> no, I no I, I I probably watch almost as much as you guys, but I'm I'm just like a lot of i guess bandwagoners like oh. you you keep up with it when it's time to keep up with it like and whereas there i have like this one group chat where everyone talks about epl all year long oh. i i just kind of sit on the sidelines but now i'm trying to ramp up the conversation because now i need to kind of get to know some of the players so that mm. i can do well in the pool that i run every time so um obviously i'm interested uh obviously we're more interested now with team canada being included yes. but Regardless of if Canada was in this tournament or not, I mean, this is the most anticipated sporting event. Uh, I, I would even argue more so than the Olympics every four years. And wow, it's totally worth it. It uh, depends on the country I, in, in question, but in some areas, absolutely the World Cup has like a higher higher priority. And we, we live in, in the type of city that it can it absolutely will like you there's you can't avoid it. Because mm -hmm. there are so many pockets, you can drive. Like I dare you to drive down St. Clair Avenue West nah. when Portugal's playing, nah, right? It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's or Danforth when Greek is playing. Greece is playing, right? Which I did. Uh, I, we did do the Danforth when they won that Euro Cup, like like yesteryear. I don't even remember what year it was. Oh my god, yeah, it was bananas! It was amazing. yeah. Yes. 
I, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. Like I, I say that I usually tell people that like behind, like in terms of watching a sport, soccer is like top three for me in terms of watching it. Like I have it ranked and this may surprise you. I actually have it ahead of basketball. What I mean yeah, by that it, is like, like when it comes to a global sport, right? That no, I, no, I think it's more, more along the lines of like, it's a sport that you can't take your, I, I define it as a sport that you can't take your eyes off the action because you might miss something right like interesting for me yeah. it's like it's hockey and then soccer because the two of them something is going to happen if you like it, it could happen if you happen to blink right like you could miss a goal mm. in either sport whereas in basketball you can kind of get away with okay i'm going to get a glass of water but i can still kind of hear what's happening right like it's fair it's not like if you miss a three-pointer you've missed a big part of the game but if you miss a goal that's a big chunk of the outcome of the that's, game, right? So that's fair. Uh, soccer that's for fair. me is there, right? Like it's 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 extraordinary to watch, and I, I can't wait. I mean, World Cup is just starting. I think in two days, yeah. and I'm a, I'm getting people to get into my pool. So I would yeah. gladly say I'm a I'm a bandwagoner. Like I I, I me and me and uh, hand or hand feet or eye and feet coordination don't go hand in hand. Like I'm terrible at soccer, but at the same time. It, I, I'm always interested in sports that I have no idea how to play. Like, I don't know how to skate, so I'm always very impressed. I'm not saying that I know how to play basketball, but at least I can dribble and shoot a hoop. So I can be like, I can connotate to it. But soccer or football, it's such a beautiful game. And I wish I knew more. And because of, you know, shows like Ted Lasso and even the new one with like the Ryan Gosling one uh, where he Ryan Reynolds. owns a... Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhinney. Yeah, the yeah. guy from so uh, Philadelphia, right, yeah. or something. Uh, yeah, Sunny in Philadelphia. Anyways, so because of those things, like it's it's making me, and and of course uh, with TFC uh, winning winning the championship too a couple of years ago, that was that's fantastic. So knowing that Canada has only appeared once in the World Cup in like '86 when we weren't, where I wasn't born, Dre. I don't think you were born yet. I know Jay, no. you were born. Uh, but they they never scored a goal during that time, and, th- and now it's just like if the thought of Canada facing um, in the World Cup facing s- countries around the world who are known to be soccer football crazy is crazy to me. It's just it's crazy to think about. It's it's kind of hard to comprehend, really. So even in thinking, not even just winning a, winning a game, I, I I honestly don't know about like I know about Belgium, I know about Croatia and Morocco. Like this group is crazy, I think. And I'm not saying that I don't have any high expectations because I do. I just like even if we score a goal, shit's gonna go down. Like there's gonna be a semi earthquake in Toronto in Canada, but if Let's just say if we win a game, we go on to this to the quarterfinals or something like that, this place would be ruckus. It would be more I think it would be more than the Raptors parade. No. It'd be more if I don't know about that. You don't because you're you're talking about because you're talking about it, it's gonna be nationwide, right? The Raptors for the most part it was it was Toronto. Like people would flock to Toronto from we're talking about to your point, right? That's true. Every corner of this country would celebrate. That's right? true. Yeah, actually, maybe you're right. This would be intense. It would be the app, the most like I mean, you've you've seen it, and we 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 have friends uh, and, and colleagues and and family who are of other uh, 
who are like I have I, I have cousins who are Italian. I have I have cousins who are Greek, and their their pride is real. We see it all over Toronto, uh, especially like you said, Jay. But like all in all, if Canada does something in this World Cup, I just think it'd be generational. You know, scoring that first goal is going to be generational. I don't know. I do you do you guys foresee? Like, do you, do you, like, what is, for someone, Jay, especially you, for someone who does watch soccer, what is, what is your best guess when it comes to Team Canada in this group stages? Well, you know, by the time this episode comes out, I'm, I'm pretty sure no one who's listening to this will want to join my pool. So I'll give you a, a, a preview of what I've selected. <laughs> but, okay, just a bit more background, right? I mean, okay, the with Belgium and Croatia, it, it's... It's not a hyperbole to say that they're they're very very strong opponents, right? Yes. Belgium and Croatia finished number two and three at the last World Cup, right? So they're kind Wonderful. of a big deal, but at the same time, they are getting older. But yes, let let's put that aside for a second and and focus on Team Canada. This is the first time that like Canada has a player who is considered one of the best in the world and that's alfonso davies and that is something that is like the the hype around him was incredible it's like not on the lebron james level but i guess if you were to say that in terms of canadian soccer yeah he is the best canadian soccer player to ever be produced by this country period full stop so like mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the excitement comes from of course more of that excitement comes from the fact that Canada dominated CONCACAF qualifying. And that's usually an area where it's it's either U.S. or Mexico. And the fact that Canada kind of ran away with that qualifying tournament adds to the excitement. The only reason I would say that uh, the excitement around a, a victory, a, a win or two, or an advancement past the group stage won't be as big as, let's say, the Raptors Championship Parade would be the timing of this. This was, you know, the World Cup is usually a summer event. The fact that it's happening, at least for us Canadians, in the dead of winter, well, almost winter, uh, I think will kind of sully the the celebrations a bit. Really? Um, obviously, we're all going to get up and go crazy, but I think a lot of the celebrating will be indoors. I'm picturing more like, I'd love to see, like, people celebrating and throwing snowballs at each other and that kind of thing. But <laughs> the most I, I Canadian be... celebrations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I still don't, I mean, I hope I'm proved wrong, but I don't know if it'll be that way. But at the same time, I do have Canada advancing past the group stage, um, despite wow. the difficult competition. I mean, you'll, you'll get a good glimpse of, of how they are right away on Wednesday. They face the number one team in this group and that's Belgium. The Belgians are the favorite. If Canada can walk out of that with even a tie, that is, that will be celebrated. That is yeah. a momentous achievement. So, all eyes on that first match. Um, Belgium is is the one to beat in this group, but um, it'll be a good if I can first ask, test for them. For for someone who doesn't watch soccer too much could you explain to me how the world cup happens because i don't really understand when it comes to the group stages and it goes on to the on the quarterfinals so yeah. there's four how many how many groups are there and how many teams are in the world cup eight groups four teams in each and then they each play each other once top two from each advance and so at, at the goal... very least 
counts. Each goal counts per if you it, can advance, right? Right, right. When you, in case you come into a scenario where tiebreakers are needed, right? If you're you're tied with a, another country and uh, let's say you face each other and you tie, you need to go through another tiebreaker, and that's usually where goals come into play, right? So, okay, or at least goal differential. So, yeah, I mean, like if we again go by the FIFA rankings, Canada would would or should finish third in this group of four. But I mean, if we're judging by the way they're playing, and again, like the Belgians and the Croatians are getting a bit older, right? Canada's mm-hmm. young and fresh, and and they are, I don't know, they they've got some fight to them, right? So. It'll be interesting to see how they go, like specifically against uh, Croatia, because that's that's who I think it is. It's really a battle with Croatia for that second spot because the Belgians okay. should claim this. But yeah, that's how it works. And then after that, top two from the eight uh, from the eight groups make up your your round of sixteen, and then it's knockouts from there on. Then it's knockouts, eh? Yeah. Ooh, baby! All right, exciting, November twenty third, Canada stand up. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta support your troops, man. You gotta you gotta go with the Canadian flags. I I have a good feeling. I mean, it it we haven't been here for God, how many years? We haven't scored a goal in the World Cup ever. So even that just first goal feeling would be fantastic, fantastic. Okay, uh, guys, I know that that we went a little long when it comes to world cup, because I'm just excited uh, to, to watch team Canada to support these guys. But I also wanted to really quickly go through what um, the, I guess you would say the KD article. Um, he was interviewed. Oh shoot. I should have this ready, but I was thinking about uh, a team Canada, but he had an interview with Chris black, Chris Haynes. Chris, Chris Haynes. Haynes. Yeah. Uh, Chris Haynes. Okay. And he and basically had a like one-on-one and talked about and explained the trade request and his frustration when it comes to, you know, last season with or now, or I guess previously with with Steve Nash. And I just wanted to quickly like fire off a couple of quotes uh that he 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 said to to Chris Haynes, like quoted it it wasn't like y'all y'all needed to make sure everybody around me can make my life easier i want to make everyone else's life easier so when you're all like playing you know the one person they're going to look at is is me and and then the one the one thing i wanted to to ask you guys is that yeah he he is explaining like he wants to be there for his team but then he he also says look at our starting lineup Edmund Summon, Royce O'Neill, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me. It's no disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? And so, okay, so basically, I'm not trying to knock Kevin Durant because I feel like this was a really good way for him to like kind of get everything off his chest when it came to the trade request. But also, like, doesn't that f- when you when you knock on your your teammates like that, wouldn't isn't that like, it, wouldn't that be hard to like go back to work and like see your teammates and you know that they read that right? You know that Bryce O'Neill went, went read that you know article and be, and then and then went back to KD and said, "Man, what what the hell? Like, what did you guys think about uh, that whole article with KD?" I get what he was trying to do, either lit a fire under his teammates' ass or speak mm. directly to management and be like, hey, listen, you know, I stuck around and what for? And I know a lot of people want to use this as an opportunity to say, oh, this guy's not a leader. This guy's not competitive or whatever. And they have been. Trust me, I've seen it. But um, 
uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to to understand it from his angle. It's obviously very frustrating when you feel like, you know, this is a guy that came off of a championship winning team in Golden State and wanted to carve something new over here in Brooklyn. And, you know, between injuries, uh, some really questionable decisions from the higher ups, um, not the greatest coach in Steve Nash and uh, Katie's big ass feet converting a three into a two. A lot of things have kind of <laughs> gotten in his way. And, uh, you know, outside of that last thing, I mean, I was just saying that for comedic effect. A lot of it just feels frustrating because here's a guy who was on what a lot of people consider um, the greatest team of our time or of all time. You know, I don't really agree with that, but a lot of people do say that. And a lot of analysts say that too, that the Warriors uh, 2 PT is like one of the greatest in the history of, of the sport. And I mean, after, you know, what happened with, uh, you know, the 2019 year when, you know, he, and I feel like that was part of the part of the deal was, hey, I got forced to play when I wasn't in a good spot. And now I'm in, like injured for a very long time because I was forced to play in the 2019 finals when I shouldn't have been and it made it worse. I want to go to a team where they respect me and, you know, treat me a little bit better than this. And then he's in this situation. So, of course, he's going to be really disgruntled. And I think he knows because at least I have confidence in saying that Kevin Durant barks the bark, but he certainly walks the walk. Like this is somebody mm. who's completely impenetrable on the court, regardless of how easily bothered he is off the court. On the court, he's a menace and almost nobody can get the better of him. And to this day, I don't care what the team looks like and everything and you know some of his weaker games. To this day, he remains one of the best players in the league. But maybe what this was was a cry for help uh, to either make the team better, the one that he's on right now, better and, and play harder, or to basically put his name out there again to try and get another trade. And at the end of the day, do I feel like he's being a little bit wasted and deserves to be a little bit upset? I mean, kind of. I mean, this is what year four of this now. And mm -hmm. this was, and I, I never want to give somebody like Ryan Hollins credit, but when Ryan Holl when Ryan Hollins was like, "Hey, this Kyrie and KD thing is a little bit overrated," when they were first going to Brooklyn, I know there are a lot of variables that you know got in the way, like injuries and politics and that sort of stuff. But what have we seen for what should have been the most dynamic team in the league post? the Warriors franchise. In fact, the Warriors won a championship before these guys even got to the finals. And I would be pissed off too. That's just how I'm going to put it. I would be pissed off too. If I was somebody as talented and capable still as KD, and this is what we're being presented, I would be pissed mm -hmm. off too. I think that, you know what? I, I'm, I'm taking a different stance on, on KD and uh... There's, there's a lot of things that are being kind of blown out of proportion with what he's saying. Like, obviously, the the quotes that Jason said were the ones that are going to make the headlines. But yeah. it, the whole article, it really is just him just opening up. And, and this is what we want from our our the celebrities and the athletes that we talk about day to day, right? It's just be transparent with us. And he is. He's more transparent than almost any other athlete out there. He's, he's laying it all out there. Like, listen, 
it's true, right? Like you, you, you put out a lineup of a whole bunch of scrubs and me, the focus will be on me. That's not a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, true. I, I, I get it. Like it might, but he's trying to say like all eyes will be on me. So I am putting pressure on my teammates, the front office, my coaching staff to be better. Right. And that's not saying trade me. That's not saying trade my teammates. That is, it even says it there, like practices were, were not being done well. This is where he starts scrutinizing Steve Nash and where he's actually happy with Jacques Vaughn. It's practices were, were we needed more practice. We needed to um, do different things in practice that we just weren't doing. That's why we were not doing well. And so, yes, I requested a trade. But that's because all I want to do is win. And that's not to say I want to win on a different team. Mm. I want to win where I'm at, right? So, and he says it too, right? Like, I've got everything already. I have a ring. I have MVPs. I have all of that. And these are what we're going through right now in Brooklyn is a different kind of experience. And that's what I want to experience right now. So I don't think that this will end up in another trade request as much as we'd all love to see that. Yeah, I also Um, don't think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's also a matter of let's let's take the full context of his quotes because he's not the only one in the last twenty four hours whose quotes have been kind of taken out of context. Um, I believe also from a Shams article, there was something along the lines of of I think it was Markeith Morris uh, expressing or doing like a players only meeting and and calling out Ben Simmons. Markeith Morris even called it out, saying, "Hey, hey, like you weren't in the room." Uh, stop with the fake story. So, like, there's a lot of of things coming out of Brooklyn that we just kind of kind of take with a, a grain of salt right now. Yeah. And I think that there's not as much uh, toxicity as we probably assume there is. I, I what I respect the most that at the end of this article is when Katie was questioned about his like his legacy, right? So he quoted, "My legacy is predicted on what Cam Thomas is learning from me and what he'll take away to help him by the time he's in his tenth year." That's my legacy. What I did with Andrew Robinson, the confidence I helped him build when he was in the league, that's my legacy. Being able to play with Russ, Steph, Kyrie, st- and still be me, yeah, that's my legacy. That's who I am. That's what I want to bring to the game. And I think I-, I love that quote. I love him saying that, listen, I'm not trying, like, yeah, sure, you can talk about the glitz and glamour, the rings and 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 the, the career highs and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, how am I helping my own teammates, right? How, how am I helping the young? guys uh, go into their 10th and 15th year or, or or leave their own legacy so that's what i love about like you can you can say all this crap about what happened with steve nash and all that stuff and that could be my legacy whatever but i'm gonna be me and i know what i did with my teammates and that I, that i played with one of the some of the best and it's still me that's my legacy i really like what Cavri or or what katie said there yeah, and that's what that's what leaders do, right? They step up for their teammates, and they step up, and they're accountable, and that's what he, he is right now. So, again, yeah. just just to reiterate, I don't I don't think that we're anywhere closer to a KD trade. I think it's I will stick this out. So he's happy if if the Nets go on to win a championship, obviously he's happy. But if they just go on and you know continue at this route of being a play in team or a team on the on that won't even have home court advantage despite their star power. He's fine with that. He's fine with mm-hmm. this stage in his career. So I think that needs to be uh, taken into account when when quotes like these kind of make the headlines. Yep. Yep. Because he Absolutely. certainly doesn't sound like someone who who wants to leave. If he's talking I mean, he about... Says that- 
he likes yeah. to play with Jacques Vaughn. Like the difference between him and in like he, he he's having fun now. That's what he's been saying on on. He's like he it's been fun grinding with these dudes. It's been fun, fun grinding with Jacques. So it looks like he he I mean you know players run this leagues and it looks like he approves of what the team is doing now. You know, and you never know what they're going to do in the trade deadline. Not saying that they have a lot of trade assets, but I think that he's going to stay put. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, that's another one in the books. Again, uh, like I said in the beginning of the episode, uh, it looks like I'm going to have a kid anytime soon now. <laughs> so we'll see what the hell is going on. I don't know if I can even watch Raptors games, but I'm going to just watch it in mute or something like that because, yeah, I got a baby on the way. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes when it comes. It's, it might be just, just you two, so you might have to uh, hold down the floor for me, guys. Uh, but Dre... Jay, do you guys have any weekly recommends for me while I try to not pull my hair out, even though I don't have much hair? <laughs> Dre, you want to go first? You can go first. I, need, I might need a sec. No, I'm going to need two seconds, actually. Oh. Because I don't have one. Oh, either. shoot. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, we're, we're scrambling here. We're scrambling. We're scrambling. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Uh, have I, oh, have I recommended Have I recommended Andor yet? I don't know if I have. No. Because no, you have not. You have not I, recommended Andor. Been, I do want to watch Andor, though. I've been pleasantly surprised, I will say. I, what I've heard is that Andor is the prequel to Rogue One. It is. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Because I really it's, liked Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it, it builds on, it builds on uh, you know, telling the backstory on, on Cassian Andor. And, you know, whether or not you're you're the, someone who follows the Star Wars universe uh, movie franchise, uh, this is worth it. And uh, I've been slowly watching along as each episode drops week after week. I'm like, this is something you're not used to, right? You're used to like binging entire seasons. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, it's been worth the wait every week. And there's one more episode left next week. But it's been a pleasure watching it. And I highly recommend it. Dope. Dre, do you got one, brother? Yeah, it's not something too, too recent. It came out this year. But um. I guess whatever happens when November hits around, you know, whenever when November hits and December's around the corner, um, I start thinking about like the year in review and like what shows or films or albums I really took a liking to because I'm obsessed with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why. I don't have a good answer. Um, so, uh, yeah, I feel like at the end of this year, uh, music music things have been all right, but um. I'm like pretty much certain that my favorite album of the year, and I don't think that's going to change, is uh, a bit of a long title, uh, Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You, and it's by Big Thief. Uh, they're like a indie folk band okay. from, from Indiana, I believe, or at least one of the, a couple of the members are. And this album is like almost an hour and a half long. It spans all sorts of American rock, folk, country sounds. Um, I'm, I'm not even like a country person, but the country stuff on here is just amazing. Uh, the whole album in general is like some of the best songwriting I've heard in years. Um, just fantastic song after fantastic song. It's easily like my favorite album of the year and being able to revisit it either as a whole, if I have like an hour and a half to spare or just individual songs, I feel like it's going to pop up on my Spotify a year end in review. Um, it's just going to be like, oh, you listen to Big Thief a shitload of times uh, alongside David Bowie and Extreme Metal. So it's like, yeah, okay. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, 
Um, okay. The, the latest Big Steve album is just a must listen to if you're into like rock, indie, folk, anything of that nature. Nice. Nice. I definitely got to check that out. Uh, my weekly recommend is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, man. Yes. Went to go, I went to go watch that last week and it was pretty, pretty good. I wouldn't say it's fantastic but it's definitely uh, it is as good as it can get with the stuff that they had to go through and bring bring a box of tissues if you can because it's a, it's a tearjerker from beginning to end uh and i and it's also three hours long so it's worth it's worthwhile it's it's a fantastic film go check it out if you have a chance uh and also go get your flu shot for that um <laughs> that's that's all for this week man uh until next week raptor fans again the raptors are playing t- uh on the night or tomorrow on the 19th against the hawks and then wednesday against the nets but until then raptors fans that's a wrap shout out to my favorite psychic uh, lebron james who actually listened to this episode before we even recorded it i love his foresight he's just so good <laughs> at predicting things <laughs> 